Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast reviewing the 2023 State of the Lettings Industry Report. I'm William Reeve, CEO of Goodlord, and I'm joined by Tom Goodman, Vouch Managing Director. Welcome, Tom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Looking forward to talking through some of the results, William. Yeah, so it's the biggest and best of our State of the Lettings Sector reports yet. I've been doing it every year now for a few years, but this one in 2023 filled out in July. We had more than 2,000 people take part in this. We're really, really grateful for everybody who helped um, fill in the questionnaire that we sent out for this. We had over 1,000 tenants and almost 900 property professionals participate in the survey. That's a whole range of people from lessing agents, landlords, industry professionals, vendors, mostly in the sector, a few people who are, who are adjacent to the sector and know it well, but we've had absolutely terrific participation. Yeah, and, and- not not just that, but notice that there was a really good geographical spread as well. So we've had respondents from all, all over the, the UK, Wales, Scotland, England. And what we've also tried to do is segment the different questions that we've been asking, dependent on where you are in the country. We may have asked you slightly more specific questions to whatever might be going on uh, where you've got legislative differences, for example, between Scotland and Wales and England. So uh, there were over 120 questions to answer. But for example, when we get to things like the Renters Reform Bill, which is going to be a big part of this, we are really only talking to English letting agents uh, and landlords uh, for their views on, on, on bits and bobs like that. So, Tom, certainly the kind of key issue on people's minds for well over 18 months now, I think, in the sector has been just the the big imbalance between demand and supply, hasn't it, and the shortage of, of rental stock. So, shall we start with that? Yep. And when discussing demand, it feels like we have to talk about landlords' appetite to remain in the sector. This was a large part of the 2022 findings, but agent pessimism seems to have grown this year. And I think agents and landlords are really agreeing that financial reasons are the biggest drivers for landlords leaving the market. You've got a number of different aspects impacting them from base rate rises, therefore impacting mortgage rates. Got the costs to upgrade properties as a result of the EPC standards that are due at the moment to come in in 2025. And then we've also had mortgage interest relief uh, be removed as well. So big reasons and worrying for both landlords and letting agents alike where we're looking at demand and supply. You really can't have a conversation with an agent where they're talking about their customer without sort of understanding that this is going to have quite a negative impact in terms of the the number of landlords staying staying in the industry. So it feels like a, a commonly spoken about topic. And I'm 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 particularly interested in in the impact that this has on tenants. So, you know, we've got landlords leaving demand as, as high as ever. I was I was actually talking to an, an agent uh, in the Cambridge region uh, last week, and they said they put a new property on, on Rightmove. And within 24 hours, they'd had 100 applications for that property. So the competitiveness that is going to exist for tenants trying to move into properties is, is as high as it, as it can possibly ever have been. And the real disconnect that I'm that I'm interested in your views on, William, is we you know, a lot of a lot of what we've done as part of this report is try to sort of garner the the relative pessimism or optimism looking ahead to to twenty twenty three and and twenty twenty four, and tenants come out overwhelmingly positive. With I think it was forty percent of tenants are optimistic about the future of the PRS. Feels strange. They are. Although they also are saying, I think I think it, one of the stats that jumped out at me in the report was that seventy six percent of tenants say that, that that moving house is one of the most stressful things they've ever done. And um, we always sort of talk about that, don't we, along with uh, de- death, divorce, etc. But um, I mean, 76% brings it home, doesn't it? 
But, but as you say, Tom, overall, somewhat more optimistic, perhaps, than the agents or landlords are. I mean, I think there's a, there's a lovely little section of the report which looks at um, agents' expectations about uh, tenant perceptions. You see that they're pretty cynical about it. Uh, and actually, just below it, the, the tenants are asked the same question. And actually, they're looking much more positive. And, and actually, one thing that nothing struck me was that over half the tenants feel that they're likely to be able to buy a house in the next five years, which I think, given all the media commentary on affordability and so on, it, it surprised me. I, I, I was it was expecting a lower number than that. Um, but I was really interested by I was really interested by the, some of the, the, the survey findings, digging into some of this talk about landlords leaving the sector, what's happening, and the rent reform bill and the impact that's having. And as you mentioned, Tom, the um, obviously the sort of economic and financial reasons are, are common. I think I think it was seventy percent of the reasons of, of landlords are citing an economic or financial reason, whether it's mortgage costs or other costs, or the, or frankly, just the better opportunities they can get elsewhere. I mean, with cash getting almost 5% these days, you know, you do start to ask yourself, what exactly is the advantage of, of buying a managed property? But what I hadn't expected was the single biggest reason given in our survey, or the one, the one that ticked, was that the legislation itself, 55%, I think, of the, of the ones considering are saying the rent reform bill is, is a reason why they're considering leaving. So, I mean, uh, that's that's pretty stark. I mean, obviously, not all of them will leave, but that that says that legislation designed to improve the tax and make it better is actually really um, creating creating a problem. When it, when I was pretty struck by that, um, and the energy efficiency stuff also quite common. About forty percent of landlords thinking of leaving are saying energy efficiency standards is a reason. And of course, I think that that's obviously been picked up by by the governors. I think behind the Michael Gove announcement um, earlier in the summer, that feeling actually perhaps perhaps landlords are being asked to move too quickly. So I mean, they have enough confirmed yet that they're going to relax that but as you, as you put earlier 2025 i think is still the date in the legislation but i think everybody's expecting that date to, to slide backwards given the michael gove comment on on radio 4 early in the summer and and, and while while we're on epcs are there any alternatives that that we might suggest to to the government or that the government could think about um with you know epc ratings being actually a pretty one could argue outdated way of of, of measuring um sort of the energy efficiency within a property. Proposals to ban stock that doesn't comply with EPCC or better is um, quite is quite a blunt instrument, and you know there are definitely sort of if you like other ways to do this. Perhaps that would it would increase housing supply, but still still help uh, create the right incentives to see carbon improvements and, and the progress towards net zero. I mean, so one op- option, for example, would be to rather than outlawing renting out a B or E property, uh, just impose a higher rate of tax on it. Another one, that you know, I suppose, copying a bit from what you see in the in the car and parking regime, would be to have a as part of the registration process, which is coming in under the rental reform bill, to, to have a fee for higher fee perhaps to register a, a property that doesn't meet the best standards the way that the way that car, car parking works in, in in many boroughs i don't suppose we're going to take any leaves out of the study Khan book and charge 12 pounds 50 a day for owning the uh, wrong type of wrong type of property but you know that would that would arguably be better than banning um that type of house which might just leave it idle and unused and that, that serves no purpose really um uh, but, but at the moment, the blunt instrument is the one proposed, and um, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to imagine that's going to change in the in the next few months as the as the bill is expected to progress through Parliament. Unfortunately, and you can read more about energy efficiency in Chapter Three, where we go on to further legislation. We'll now move on to the Renters' Reform Bill. We actually released a few of the results for this bit early as a sneak peek, and it got quite a bit of buzz in the industry press. I, I, I kind of feel like this has got to be uh, a next opportunity for for agents, uh, you know, currently operating. There, 
those that, that get ahead of this, those that understand it, those that hopefully are tuning into podcasts like these, um, they're the ones that can really make hay out of, of this situation. What, what, what do you think about that? I certainly think that part of the point of why a landlord's going to use a letting agent many times will be that they, they want somebody who, who can take a professional approach and who can, who can do the work for them, really, of keeping up to date with what's happening and make sure that the rules are followed and that the, uh, there's, there's somebody at the end of the phone 52 weeks of the year. So, And in that respect, the, the rental reform bill is, is sort of pushing in the right direction. It's trying, to, it's trying to lift standards. It's trying to make the process more professional and more consistent. And obviously, there are sort of headline measures in it, which are very sort of tenant-centric, especially, for example, around the right to have a pet abolishing section 21 and so on but i think in in many ways the kind of wider implication will be to just lift standards and and give everybody a bit more awareness that of what good looks like and i think the professionals in the sector will really applaud that and we're seeing that in the in the survey here that agents by and large are considerably more um positive about this than they were in last year's survey so people get their head around it it's we're not seeing kind of either head in the sand factors nor are we seeing sort of outright denialism so i, th- I think uh, you know in that respect i think the sort of long long lead up to the bill has actually had quite a positive effect and it's given people time to adjust and a brief comment around sort of pets and let's data uh, i thought that was pretty interesting i had to check on google and 62 percent of households in the uk owned pets in 2022 i think that was up quite significantly and mainly driven by COVID and lockdown. I think there was a, a lot of people that sort of took on pets uh, in, in that time. And it came down to, to 57% in, in, in 2023, the most recent survey done. But that is a large proportion uh, of people that are also going to be looking to um, live and, and potentially rent in the UK. And what we saw was 85% of pet owners said that they'd had an even more stressful time where they'd gone to right moves to play on the market. And the, the first thing they kind of see is no pets. With demand already high and supply low, it is it is interesting that that, that reform is looking to try and address that and, and support maybe some of the stresses that uh, over 50% of the, the, the population in the UK have. Absolutely. And, and of course, you're more likely to have a pet, I imagine, in, in an owner-occupied arrangement than you are in, as a tenant. But even the tenants in, the, in our survey, um, 52% of them would like to have a pet, about a third of whom currently do. So uh, I think you know, it might be time to go and buy shares in vet businesses here because you know, it looks like there's a lot of, of untapped demand from tenants who'd like yeah. to have a pet but don't yet have one. And, and I think the legislation is going to give them the right to have one. And as you say, Tom, 85% of people saying it's, it's particularly difficult to find a property with with a pet hopefully that will get easier and i think there's then the question of how how is the landlord's right under the legislation to have it, uh, insurance for any damage caused by the pet how's that going to be enacted and i uh, and i think that's that's going to be something which good lords absolutely looking to step up for and, and help people simplify and streamline that process definitely and and i i should probably mention that uh, the good lord group both vouch and good lord take no responsibility for any agents or other uh, individuals listening that have gone out and bought shares in any vet related businesses so um yeah we we can't take any uh, uh um we're not giving financial advice here um, we're, we're the first podcast offering no advice whatsoever is that what you're saying tom um, uh, at least at least financial advice i was interested actually tom but i mean some of this stuff coming in the rental reform bill is is covered quite well i think in this survey so it looks from what i could see that the proposals around sort of making uh registration compulsory people have got pretty balanced views on those actually it wasn't uh, you know which i think might mean that they just haven't got their head around it yet but a pretty even split actually between positive and negative impressions of that and also on the the property portal i mean you know yes another kind of central government whitehall initiative here which you know those things don't always end well but again i think i thought 
generally pretty positive about it. But it was interesting on this this idea of a property ombudsman. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, there's quite a split in opinion actually between um, letting agents and their landlords. The letting agents who are fairly positive about this, uh, twice as many of them, over 41%, saying they think this will have a positive impact, as as are saying it'll have a negative impact. Um, but for landlords, it's pretty much the other way around. Uh, 43% of landlords think that's going to be negative, and only 22% of them think it's going to be positive. So definitely um, landlords looking at that with trepidation, and uh, letting agents go looking at it with a bit of a crack-on mindset. Yeah, and, and potentially, again, reflects the reason that we have estate and letting agents in this uh, country in the first place. I think, you know, they are uh, obviously going to pride themselves in understanding all of the legislation and regulation that exists in terms of um, what is what is needed to move them in. And as a result, when sort of more measures come in, into play to, to sort of ensure that the, the, the people are, are, are adhering to, to, to the legislation, um, you would hope, uh, and I would be worried if if this looked different, um, that uh, agents are prepared and 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 feel confident that um, this is only something that's going to serve to maybe get rid of people that aren't adhering to to the standards that um, that they are setting for the industry. So, doesn't doesn't surprise me really that there is a difference there. I think the other interesting one is 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 industry suppliers again, sort of being closer to the agent. Uh, sorry to to the agent uh, positivity, and just the general property portal, property ombudsman uh, moves towards sort of gi- giving us better data and insight into what is going on and 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 how um, in, uh, sort of lettings professionals are are conducting themselves. I think um, I think we 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 generally feel pretty um, positive and optimistic about the positive impact that that can that can have in terms of identifying areas that. Um, uh, we can we can all work towards solving. So, uh, yeah, that, that 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 is interesting. But that's that's probably my take on on why those numbers are the way they are. Yeah, and and of course, when the rental reform bill was first leaked, or or the first the outline first first became clear, um, a lot of the attention was around abolishing Section Twenty One, um, removing landlords' right to to have a no fault um, eviction, and. Now that you know we're we're two years on now, um, so it's it's interesting seeing how views have evolved here, and it's all in chapter two in our um, state of the lessons report. Uh, time is healing uh, some of the shock factor here, wouldn't you say, Tom? Yeah, time, time, and more information as well. Uh, I think at the point that we were yeah. doing this, uh, it was maybe a scarier with fewer sort of um, ifs, buts, and maybes uh, thrown into the mix. And I think as the conversation goes on. Um, we're we're hopefully instilling more confidence in why it could be a good thing for the industry as well. Awesome. I think one of one of the things that uh, we introduced this year for the first time was kind of more of a uh, insight into the life of a letting agent. And this was the first year we asked for salary bandings, which right. uh, provided some interesting results. What, what what were your sort of takeaways from from the data that we got there? Yeah, so I thought the earnings information was really interesting. Obviously, it does vary a lot by location. Um, and, um, well, we're relying on people telling us what their, their average earnings for the year are here. Uh, but the average for uh, the entry level across the industry is actually beginning with a three now. It's uh, over £30,000. Though, of course, there are um, still plenty of people, about 24%, I think it is, who are um, not quite at that level. They're still in the uh, sub-30,000 pound level. But still, I think this it says that as an industry, it's offering... Um, 
interesting, well-paid jobs to to people starting off on their careers. And I think that's that's very exciting to see. And another thing that's really interesting to see is the um, salary progression that um, that the industry offers as you go from being entry level or assistant, trainee, whatever it is, through to being a negotiator. Um, becoming senior, maybe a department head, uh, and ultimately a director. Um, you, you can you can see here really really clear salary progression. It's all it's all in the report. I really encourage people to to have a look at it. You know, we're seeing that the top the the top end is uh, we, we're get, we're getting fairly. Uh, um, you know, when when it comes to deciding um, what you do for a, for a, for a job, money is clearly an important motivator for people, but um, intrinsic motivators as well. And one of the things that that I think is interesting about our sector is the the, the wider perception that um, being an estate or letting agent has with, with within society. Even uh, this year, uh, the I, IPOS veracity indicator, which is 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 basically a survey that that looks to see you know what the most trusted and and potentially least trusted um, careers are in 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 the uk um estate agents again came came out just under politicians and you know uh, you, don't, you don't want to be lumped in with them uh, at, at, the, at the moment potentially so but 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 what we've seen is 48 percent of respondents have said that they they plan to still be in the sector um in the next five years and and i think there is a collective push to highlight more of the good that happens within the industry and and i think you know suggested regulation roper coming down the line more legislation it is casting um a, a positive light on some of the work that letting agents do and you can you can see their career progression um for people in in our sector which i think is is exciting and and is is really trying to buck the trend in terms of perception maybe at a, at a wider level what what do you have do you have any thoughts uh, about sort of people wanting to stay in the sector well, uh, there's a couple of interesting questions around um, agents' views on what tenants and landlords think. I mentioned earlier they're pretty cynical about tenants. I think uh, only about 30% of them feel that tenants would appreciate the work of letting agents. And um, it was actually um, 60% of tenants say their, their experience with letting agents has been mostly positive. But uh, agents, again, perhaps, perhaps unsurprisingly, are much more positive about um how they think landlords will appreciate the work with uh, them expecting over 50% of landlords appreciate the work. Uh, but despite what I said about actually the uh, pay levels looking quite encouraging, at least for the for people starting off in their careers, um, only I think 40% of the agents we surveyed felt that they are being paid fairly for what they do. And perhaps that's always always the case in uh, in any any sector of any any uh, any survey. But I, I, I feel that 40% of people feeling they're paid fairly is probably a lower than average number. Um, and of course, one of the things that's true, certainly, certainly on the sales side of the agent, but perhaps not so much on the listing side, is is how much of the pay is um, performance driven. And so, when the market's under pressure, uh, you know, that will affect sentiment because it hits people's pay packets more than it would in some other sectors. Yeah, and 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 I think that, you know the the other misconception that is widespread is um, how easy it can be to, to to let a property, and so I think that you get this disparity between the perception of a tenant or even landlord in terms of oh you know what you got to do is find the person, make sure that they're okay, and move them in. When we we know in sort of actuality that there are hundreds of different steps that need to be followed and could have quite severe sort of fines and, and implications for, for later down the line within the tenancy if they're not adhered to. So, but perhaps not a surprise that that, that some agents feel they, they should be paid more for the work they do because they are doing some some pretty difficult uh, work, which, you know, is only made more complicated by sort of the legislative minefield that, that, that exists out there and, and is constantly changing. Exactly, yeah. I thought it was also interesting, Tom, looking at the... Um 
some of the data around the landlords who've stopped using letting agents and so what it was that was behind that decision. The biggest reason, again, I think we would have expected is that landlords preferring to take over the process themselves, which for all the uh, all the administration and paperwork and, and compliance burden involved, it, you know, still isn't deterring uh, plenty of landlords from deciding that they're up for doing that themselves. But the second biggest reason was to avoid the agent's fees and the, the, the cost associated with, with employing an agent to, to support you which I think it was the reason cited by about a third of the landlords who stopped using agents. So I'm not quite sure what to make of that. I wasn't quite sure whether that says agent. It's, it's only the second reason. It's only half half as many as people deciding to do it themselves or, or, or therefore maybe the, maybe the fees are n- not at a, at a particularly painful level or, or to think actually that suggests probably that the, the fee level is, is uh, at a level which is causing some real business issues and churn. Um, I don't know. Do you, have, do you have a view on that? I, I do think that there is a, a huge misconception of how how easy uh, slash difficult it is to, to to move a tenant in, and I, uh, you know, it's pretty typical behaviour. I think whenever one's costs go up and therefore margins seem to be squeezed slightly, that people think that you know that they can they can take over some of the costs when there's probably a reason that they instructed that cost in the first place. And um, I think and I hope that big piece of legislation like the tenant fee ban and and like now the rents reform bill that's that's coming in. I, I do believe that that is highlighting. Well, I think it's weeding out a lot of the agencies that are maybe taking high fees and, and not doing the work properly, and therefore um, creating that 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 sort of worse uh, association of what a, a letting or a state agent does. But I think it's also driving sort of more regulation and more class or, or standards in, in, into what what it is uh, that is uh, uh, you know associated or needed needed to happen when when um, you're renting out property. And I think un- understand that the first thing to, to sort of come under the microscope might be the agent's fee. But I'd be very surprised if you didn't see landlords then re-instructing agents after they've had a go and uh, realize that actually maybe it is the worth worth the sort of 10, 12% of the fee to, to sort of cover all of that uh, admin burden, but also um, uh, knowledge that you need to have in terms of what needs to be done uh, prior to moving a tenant in. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff in chapter four about sort of what a, what exactly is the advantage of using a letting agent. And, um, you know, I think in if the when the market's been, been at the other end of the cycle, uh, I think I would have expected to see sourcing tenants has been a, a bigger number. But right now, of course, where there's so, such an imbalance between um, very high levels of tenant demand and just no, not enough stock, sourcing tenants is is only um, only about a quarter of landlords cite that as a reason to using a letting agent. Whereas almost forty percent of them are saying it's, it's managing the day to day running of the property, and a good number of the rest are sort of saying it's sort of doing the referencing on the tenant or, or keeping keeping compliant and. Um, you know, I think that that's interesting. Again, suggest that the, the let-only space is sort of is relatively thin at the moment, but it's the it's the fully managed work, which is really the main value proposition. The thing landlords are really uh, seeing as the main advantage. If we if we flip our lens on onto the tenant, um, this is something that we've looked at in the past, and I think you know the 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 cost of living implications. That that sort of directly relate to being able to pay rent are uh, we've got some in, we've got some interesting uh, results here. I think we've got um, quite quite a quite a large proportion. Thirty four percent of agents are saying that their biggest worry is being able to pay their rent uh, right now. And um, one of the things that we see on on the flip side of that, uh, or, or or through the landlord lens uh, and agent lens, is uh, an increase in in guarantor uptake. So between Vouch and Goodlord over the last 
uh, in, in the last few months, we, we've gone away and looked at over 700,000 tenancies. And we can see there's been a real rise in guarantors where 33% of tenants were asked to provide a guarantor in their most recent tenancy agreement. Anecdotally, one of the things I found interesting uh, in line with the cost of living and, and, and does that have a knock on to the rent arrears is we, we've actually had quite a few, we offer referencing services both at Boucham and at Good Lord. And we've had quite a few agents get in touch to ask whether we can change pretty historic um, views on how we assess the affordability of a tenant. So uh, we we tend to look at 2.5 times uh, the, the monthly rent. And we've actually had people asking whether we can change that to as, up, uh, to as much as four times. What, 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 what's reflecting your... the, um, the cost of living issues, do you think of that? Or is there something else going on behind that? Um, well, you, you, one could make an argument that um, with the amount of demand that's there, you can start to maybe really put push, push the barriers yeah exactly but uh, i think i think it is a reflection of the cost of living i think people um agents and landlords in particular are worried about tenants not being able to pay their rent not just tenants being worried about being able to pay the rent um but i just think i just think it's it is it is interesting i'm not sure how many other industries have had sort of norms in the way that you assess affordability be be challenged and changed in in recent times and there is there is there is clearly a worry um, on 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 the part of landlords and and through agents in terms of how they're expressing it to us uh, that that tenants might not be able to afford their rent. Yeah, and it's fascinating this rise of guarantors, as you say, and it, it applies across the income scale, doesn't it? I mean, it's obviously more common on the um, on the lower lower tenant income side, but um, I mean, as the survey shows, um, e- even tenants earning six figure incomes are over over ten percent of them are still being asked for guarantors. Um, which again, I suppose, points to the the sort of double-digit increases in rent that we've been seeing over recent months. So, well, thank you, Tom. I think that's been a really good um, run through of some of the highlights in the in the latest State of the Lessings Institute report. Um, reminder for listeners: uh, you'll be able to download it from our website. Um, just check out goodlord.co and you'll see um, a link to, to download the full report. I um, very much hope you enjoy reading it. Uh, thank you very much for listening uh, to, to, to this podcast. And and we've got three webinars coming up in the next few months as well, actually. Tom, just, just remind us what those are going to cover. We do indeed. And we're going to be joined by a range of interesting industry speakers to talk about uh, three key themes. We're going to be trying to understand, are you an above average agent? Uh, we're going to look into the supply and demand issues in a bit more detail. And then uh, and then right at the end, we're going to do a renters reform recap. So uh, please make sure that you you keep your eyes peeled and tune into those. And um, in the meantime, I think we will say adios.